I watch videos of her every morning. I have to listen to her sound because the day I don't listen to that giggle is the day that scares me. What you're about to hear are two unscripted sessions with a grief therapist and a psychic medium. Neither Claire nor Fleur had any contact with the participants before their sessions. They were screened by me, Elizabeth, one of the producers of the podcast, in order to preserve the integrity of a psychic reading. Absolutely no information was given to Fleur before their psychic session. This is Moving Beyond the Podcast. My name is Fleur. I've been working as a psychic medium for over 10 years. I have sat in front of 15,000 people to give them readings. I connect people here in the physical world to something they can't see, to their loved ones on the other side. And that, to some people, is a really spooky, crazy experience, but to me it's my everyday life. And I find that many people come to see me for a variety of reasons, either curiosity, wanting to see if it's real, or the deeper layers of grief, closure, healing, a way forward. A question that plagues people over and over again after a loss is, is my loved one really gone? I think mediumship can be an incredibly powerful tool towards healing, but it certainly is not the only one. I often send my clients to grief therapists afterwards, but I was thrilled a few years ago when I started hearing from my clients that doctors and psychiatrists and therapists were referring me. That was crazy to me. I always thought psychic mediumship was super taboo and super weird, and how could a doctor possibly recommend something so out there? But I was thrilled that people started to see that it's a real healing modality. One of these people was Claire Bidwell-Smith, a grief therapist, and she is also the author of three books on grief. I lost both of my parents by the time I was 25 years old, and it was a really deep and humbling experience, and it's what propelled me into this field. Whenever I tell people what I do, they usually take a step back and shake their heads. I think they imagine that it's really depressing and heavy, but it's not like that at all. Yes, it can be sad, it really can, but mostly it's beautiful and uplifting and I find myself reminded every day about what makes humanity so special. We work in very different ways. She is a grief therapist, I'm a medium, but we see people at the same point of life. We find them in moments where they are at deep loss, grieving, not able to move forward, have questions that they can't seem to move past. Where are they now? Can they see us? Can we still communicate with them? The first time a client told me that they'd been to see a psychic medium, I was a little baffled about how to respond. 
I'd never seen one myself, and I felt really skeptical about the idea. I saw over a dozen psychic mediums in that time period, and no matter how good the medium was, I still found myself wondering if it was real. After a while, though, I stopped caring if it was real, and I finally decided that what was more important was how it made people feel. A good session with a psychic medium can turn things around for someone who is lost in their grief. I've seen it time and time again. I could have a client who was completely stuck, like doing all the right things, allowing themselves to grieve, working through their emotions, reviewing their relationship with the person they lost, going to grief groups, making amends, you name it. But still, they'd be stuck about something that happened with the death or some unresolved aspect of their relationship. And after a good mediumship reading, they would come away with a completely new understanding. They'd come away with a feeling of connection to their loved one and often a bit of closure. We wanted to share that experience with you, give you the opportunity to be a fly on the wall in the grief therapy session where someone is able to express and explore how their grief has shaped their current life. And then we transport you to a mediumship reading, a moment where you get to listen in on what a reading is and does, and some of the answers that people can receive and do receive. We hope that some of the information that arises can help you too. No matter where you are in your stage of grief or loss or curiosity about the things we can't always see. I'm getting ready for my session with Karina. I think it's going to be pretty intense. Hi, I'm Karina. I'm from Salmon Arm, British Columbia. And I'm hoping to have my daughter acknowledge that I did try my hardest for her to get better, but there was nothing we could do. And just, I love her. Nice to meet you, Karina. <laughs> Sorry. You too. How are you? I'm good. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> okay, I was just going to say, de-stress a little. I'd love to begin by just having you tell me your story. All right. Well, it started in September 8th, 2018. My daughter, she was one and a half. So I didn't know. I was thinking she was teething for a couple of days, but her fever just wouldn't wouldn't subside. So... I ended up taking her to the emergency room at the hospital here. Mm -hmm. And they said, you have 10 minutes to get on an airplane. We're going to put you on the helicopter and fly you to Vancouver Children's Hospital. Mm. By myself with just not knowing at all what was happening. And we got there and it took about five hours for me to actually comprehend that she had some sort of cancer. Mm. My daughter got diagnosed with a rare form of MDS. It's called the precursor. It's typically found in 65 and older. Um, she was the second case ever known in Vancouver, ever known in Canada, of this type. With that type of cancer, you have to go right into a bone marrow transplant. So we ended up using our five-year-old son as the donor for a bone marrow transplant. Mm. We did that 
40 days later, nothing happened. She was, it didn't accept. So we had to do an emergency, another bone marrow transplant. And how were you doing holding up through all of this? Oh, horrible. Yeah. Were you just basically living at the hospital? Oh, we lived in a, in the in a hospital room with our daughter for seven months because she had a transplant. So she had no immunity. So we had to live in that little room for seven months and she couldn't go out or nobody could come in except for family. Mm-hmm. How was she during all of this time? What is your daughter's name? Her name is Alice. Alice. And how was Alice during all of this? She didn't know any different. She thought that was her little house, her little home. Yeah. Being two years old, one, like, 19 months old, that's all she knew. So she loved it. After the stem cell, she accepted it and she grafted. And then a week later, they told us she's 100% our son. DNA, so... She has no cancer. She's, she was great. And then we were getting ready to leave the hospital and they did their tests and she relapsed with two weeks after two weeks. And, and they were told there was nothing else they could do because her body was still so weak from the two transplants and all the intense chemo and radiation she was doing. That they said was your best bet to take her home. So we took her home. We did the best two-year-old birthday party in April. And we had her from home in April until June when she passed away from the cancer here at our house. And that was two years ago this month? It will be two on the 13th, yeah. Very raw. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, uh, we had an opportunity presented to us that we could have went to the States to do uh, intense chemo that they didn't know if it would work or not, but she'd get very sick, and they said they they didn't know if she would make it through, and that's what eats me up. What if I took her down there, and she did make it through? But we chose not to make her sick anymore with chemo and radiation. We took the chance and took her home. And that eats me up every day. Should I have taken her? It's so hard to have those what-if questions left behind. How's your husband doing? Well, he is stuck overseas. He's been stuck overseas since March with this COVID. But he grieves in a different way than me because he is away and then he's home for a month and or four weeks and then he's gone. And it's hard for him when he's home. And I think, I think it's taking a toll on us. I'm sure it has. I think it's one of the hardest things a couple can go through is to lose a child. It sounds like you guys are doing the best that you can given this tragedy. There's no way to make sense of this kind of loss, is there? There's just no way to, like, make it okay, make it make sense, find peace with it. This is the kind of loss that stays with you through your whole life. I know, and we talk about having more children, and I want to, but I don't want Alice to think that I'm trying to replace her in any way. Mm -hmm. So that's really hard on us. Yeah. 
I think that you have to kind of look at that in in different ways, you know, that you're not replacing her and that having another child would never change anything about how you feel about her or that you wouldn't take her back in a second if you could. Sometimes it feels like we have to choose. Either we like move on and let go and have another kid or we stay stuck in the grief forever. But I don't think those are the two choices. I think that we can always, always hold on to that person that we loved and lost and grieve for them. And we can also continue to love and live in the world. You know, it's not one or the other. It's both at the same time. Yeah. And I think if you can find a way to look at it like that, um, it might ease some of that, just that, that tension that you feel about having another child. I I just, it's hard because I can't envision myself having a child and then having her or him in her room. Mm -hmm. Those little things haunt me. Mm -hmm. Like, do I use her things? Yeah, that must be hard to think about. Like, I haven't even opened any of the boxes that came back from the children's hospital with us yet. I don't know if I'm trying to not remember that time in my life or just not ready to deal with it yet. It's a real trauma to go through that. Um, And I, you know, I think that most people really underestimate the length of time that grief takes. And it may take you years to look at those boxes. My advice would be to put them somewhere where you can just have them somewhere to look at if and when a time comes. You don't have to get rid of them. You don't have to open them. It may take you 10 years. You may never open them and that's okay, but you don't have to get rid of them either. And, you know, I think were you to become pregnant, things may become a little clear here and there of what you would want to do and how you would want to do them. Maybe your son moves in to Alice's room, you know? Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. And, and maybe, you know, the, the other room is for, um, the new baby and, he has such a connection. Your son has such a connection to, to your daughter that maybe oh, maybe he moves into that room and you keep some of those things there. And Yeah, he still goes in her room and sits in her crib and mm-hmm. plays with her things. Mm-hmm. And I've only been in there a handful of times. I actually get upset when I see him in there. That's okay. I understand that. Are you and your husband able to talk about it or do you feel like he's just kind of off on his own? We, it's hard to talk to him about things like that. He's a very strong man. Um, it's hard for him to show some emotions like that. So you must feel pretty alone then. I feel very lonely. I actually mentioned that to my husband last night. I feel very lonely. I bet. Yeah, I bet. Have you joined any groups of other parents who've lost a child? Um, no, I haven't. Sometimes it can be really helpful to talk to other people who are living that same world, you know, and who also have bedrooms that are untouched. And I think sometimes it can be helpful to, to just not feel so lonely in that. I would suggest like dipping a toe in and if it's too much, then you leave it alone for a while. Um, but you, I think you may find it 
hard to hear other stories, but also so healing just to hear, just to talk to other women who are going through what you're going through. It is such a particular loss. It's so immense. It's so horrific. It's, it's going to be with you for so long, forever, you know? It completely turned our lives upside down. Yeah. And people don't understand, like, and I almost feel like sometimes when I go to talk to my family about it, I feel like they're like, oh, not again. I want to talk about this. And but that's also why it's helpful to find other people who get it and can kind of yeah. listen to your broken record, you know? When I've been at some of my hardest, darkest points in life, I've found it really helpful to have a friend or two who's going through something similar. And I've always thought of them as my broken record friend, like my friend who will pick up the phone and listen to my broken record story. It's nice to to find those people. And I think that might be something really healing for you. In Vancouver, they host uh, a lot of events for parents. Mm -hmm. um, like through Canucks Place in Vancouver, where we, it's the hospice there. Mm -hmm. And I think I should actually start doing some of them. You know, this is a loss that you're never going to get over it. The goal is never to move on from Alice, but you do have to learn to live with it. And so you have to learn to live in the world with this enormous heartbreak and loss. And meeting other people, reading about grief, doing some work on it will be the thing that will help you to do that. Um, but I want you to remember and keep in mind that the goal is not for you to move on from this. You know, Alice is always going to be part of you. You will always be her mom. You will always wish she were still here. And that's okay. Absolutely. Have you ever talked to a psychic medium? No, I haven't. I have wanted to since my dad passed away. And that's what gives me some sense of mm -hmm. happiness for Alice that she gets to have someone up there with her life. Mm -hmm. That's very important to me. Yeah, that's that's a nice thought. And I know he's looking over her and helping her through this. That's comforting. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes me feel good about it. Mm -hmm. How do I start to get that connection and communication back with my husband? It's hard. I think, um, you know, this happens more often than not, when a couple loses a child, they really yeah. get, find themselves divided. It's not impossible to overcome it, but they go through such different experiences and it can be so lonely. And, you know, men and women t typically grieve differently. Um, men get very internal. They don't talk about it very much. They tend to compartmentalize more. Um, and women, you know, this is it's this is part of your body that's gone and you just grieve it on every level in everything that you do and often want to talk about it more too, um, which can yeah. be difficult. And so that's another reason why I think it's really helpful to find a community of other people who are grieving with you that you can talk about it with. It will take some of the pressure off of needing, wanting your husband to talk about it and understand it because he's always going to be on his own path with it. Um, I lost both of my parents at a young age and for a long time I really wanted my romantic partners to understand those losses and understand how they had impacted my life and it wasn't until I started to do work and find communities of people who did understand that loss that I stopped needing or expecting my husband to understand it um, and so you know finding an outlet outside of your marriage where you are 
sitting in your grief, processing your grief, feeling heard and held and understood by others will help your marriage. I know, I, and I feel like I'm, I want him to feel the way I do. Right. And I know he does, and that's right what you said. The first thing that you do is you both accept that you have different grieving styles and that you always will, and you let each other just grieve how you're grieving. Um, and that's one of the first ways that you can kind of take a breath and recognize, okay, he's always going to grieve this way. I'm always going to grieve this way. We're going to give each other space for that. And so to just accept that that's how it's going to be and find your own styles and outlets will really help you guys come back to each other. I know. Are you hoping to hear anything in particular in your session with Fleur? I don't know. I don't know what to expect. It's really different for me to do something like this. Mm-hmm. Which is why I, I'm always looking for a way to, to try to help with my grieving. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe if I do hear from her, it will just help me feel better. Yeah. And that's okay. Take any opportunity to hear from my daughter at this point, right? That's okay to want and need. Absolutely. I want to know why she was taken so early. I hope that you are able to find some peace and answers with that. And it may be something that's ongoing for you throughout your life that you kind of touch back in and seek to find. And in time, you'll, if you haven't already begun to, you'll develop a relationship with Alice, you know, an internal one, a spiritual one. But I want you I want you to know and understand that you know you have a long road ahead of you but it's not always going to be this acutely painful which I know even hearing that feels painful like you in there's some way you always want you never want it to not be painful and it's not that it won't be painful but you will learn how to hold that pain in a different way you know um you'll yeah. learn how to how to be here and be in this world and be in your life without her here physically You'll develop. Be happy again. Yeah. But I want you to remember this idea about letting multiple things be true at once, letting two things be true at once. When you find yourself happy, even when it comes in just little bits and pieces, it doesn't mean you don't love her. It doesn't mean you're over her. It doesn't mean you wouldn't take her back in a second. It means that you're holding on to her, that you're still grieving, that you miss her with every fiber of your being. And you're here and you're living your life and you're still happy. Don't oh. don't make yourself pick one of those, okay? I do. I do feel guilt when I smile and get happy. I feel a lot of guilt over that. You can do both. You're going to be here. You have to be here. You want to be here for your son. Yes. And so you can still live a beautiful, meaningful life and existence, and you can still have a happy marriage, and you can still have a family, and you can always, always hold this grief and this sorrow and this missing of Alice. You don't have to pick one. They are not exclusive to each other. I just want to learn to live. Yeah. And it's going to take time. Two years is not very long at all. Nope. (laughs) Feels like yesterday. Will she think I'll forget about her? No. Why do why do we think all these crazy things in her head? Because mm, we're human beings and we have big hearts and the only thing that really matters in this world is love and relationships with people that we love. I really can't wait to hear from her. Yeah, I can't wait to hear how your session goes. 
think it's going to be good. I'm going to send you um, some books and resources I think might be helpful for you as well. I'd love that. Thank you so much for talking with me. You're welcome. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much, Claire. Yeah, you're welcome, Karina. one of the most heartbreaking ones for me that we've done yet. This is one of those losses where there is just sometimes nothing you can do. I really hope that she's able to find some peace in her session with Floor, that she's able to find some sense of community around her to support her through this grief. Um, I think that this is one of those cases where you end up so isolated and so lonely in all the things that you're feeling and trying to hold on to. And mostly I just really want her to find a way to know in her heart that no matter what happens in her life, that she will always, always hold this love for her daughter. If she has more children, whatever happens with her son and her marriage and her personal life, nothing will ever take away from the love that she will always, always hold for her daughter. ready for my reading with Corina this morning. I've prepared myself by meditating and I'm excited to be able to connect her to her loved ones on the spirit side. Hi, Corina. Hi, Fleur. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm excited as well. Thank you for joining me. Have you ever had any kind of reading before? No. Never before. Okay, wonderful. Nope. Well, let me explain a little bit about the process, and then we'll get started. Um, it's a pretty natural okay. process in that your loved ones are around you all the time, and I'm just really offering a bridge, a communication, a translation, okay? So okay. Uh, my job is really to bridge you to them, but I'm not creating that connection. That connection already exists. Okay. Okay, so we're going to get started. Are you doing okay? Do you feel do you feel pretty grounded emotionally? I feel good. I have, of course, I feel a little bit all over the place, but I'm just, it's a nerves, excitement. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, and might be good also to, if you don't have them near you, just to grab some tissues. That way you don't... I got them, yeah. You got them. Okay, perfect. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. I have quite a young girl that comes in who is joined... Um, by an older man who kind of holds her hand. And it feels to me that, you know, as she comes in, she's holding the hand of what feels like her grandpa. Oh. Would you understand that? Yes. Okay. Because the two come in together. And I know that his recognition for you, just as we start the reading here, that he's taking care of her. 
Okay. Oh. Uh, he's got her Great. in his hands. And this is a man who I think you would know to be quite a, a wonderful father figure. Do you see that? Yeah. Yes. Um, really, really lovely, really lovely father in life. And he just wants you to know that he's taking his role as grandfather very seriously. Um, <laughs> because it feels like you've wondered maybe who is watching out for this little girl or absolutely who's got her. Do you know who's got her? And uh, he just wants you to know without a doubt, it's him. Oh, it feels so good. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's just this beautiful image that I wish you could see because I just see them kind of holding hands. And uh, I would feel that you would remember this man to have really strong and sturdy hands. Yes. In a way that these hands are not going to let go. Do you know? I do. Yeah. And that feels of the utmost importance. Yes. Now, I know that as this younger girl comes in, she would have been quite small for her age, I think, or um, quite petite. Do you see that? Very petite little girl. She does also remember that as she crosses, it feels like you do get to place your arms around her or hold her in that her memories of the world as she transitions are of being embraced. Do you see that? Yes. And she wants to thank you for that. I also feel as she crosses that a million kisses are put on her cheeks and on her face, and she just feels like she receives so many kisses. Yeah. Yes. And that was very comforting for her. I feel very much so that she recalls having years of her life in which she's happy and healthy and wonderful and vibrant. I do know, however, that it does feel like I have quite a, for her lifetime, you know, it feels like a long time of not feeling very well. Um, And she wants you to know that she can run and play because it feels like at one point her legs don't let her play. Do you see that? I do. And she can run and play and she's good and fine. And it feels like that's something that she just couldn't wait to share with you. You know, the feeling of I can, I can run and play. Do it. Yes. Where this doesn't feel like an age category in which she would ordinarily be in the stroller, but it just feels because my legs don't work the way I want them to, you know? Yes. And so that feels really important, you know, over and over again, she's just showing me running around and jump roping and all, oh. all of that. It just feels wonderful. Feels so good. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. So excited to tell you that. She's very smart, very, very smart for her age and very observant. And I think within the family, not shy, but with other people, uh, she can be very shy. Do you see that? Yes. Yes. Because I feel that she's a very sensitive child. Um, yes. Very, very sensitive child. And, you know, I sometimes have seen this um with other instances of what looks like childhood cancer or things of that nature, that the physical body wasn't able to vibrate at the level that her spirit did. 
That's it. Yes. So it causes a lot of stagnation and resistance. And so <sighs> she doesn't want you to feel that there was necessarily like a karmic reason even. It just feels that the physical container isn't a very good match to the spirit that's brought into the world. Um, it's just hard for the physical body to be here for her. Yeah. And for that reason also wants you to know you couldn't have altered it, couldn't have changed it. There's no medicine <sighs> in the world that could have prevented or made oh. this different. <sighs> that makes me feel good. Yeah, because she knows that you tried. You tried so hard. And she does remember, actually, it looks like going to get a treatment um, in a place that feels quite far away from from home. Yep. Um, like you traveled with her. Do you see to yes. go get the best treatment? Yes. And she's knows that you did everything. But she also wants you to know that you did everything. You couldn't have traveled further or gone to more places. Do you, do you understand? Oh, yes. Yes. That was a big thing for me. Thank you, Alice. And it feels without a doubt, like without a shadow of a doubt, you know, is that something that... Um, you need to you need to know for for yourself yes where does she bring up the group of four children do you see this children um it so do you do you see that you yourself have had two kids yes okay because she's one of two you understand yes and i know that there's great love that goes to uh, your other child of course um but then do you see that she has two cousins as well Oh, yes. Because I know that she feels like she's one of four and that yes. she will look over the other three without a problem, of course, for always and ever. Wow. Um, but I feel that your child does get to spend a lot of time with those cousins. Do you see yes. this? Yes. Like they play together all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so she just wants you to know that when they play together, she's also playing with them in a way that I think sometimes she wasn't quite capable of when she was here in the world. Yeah. So that feels really important as well, the sense of I'm playing right along with the rest of them. Wow. That's good. Playing right along with the rest of them. I know that she... Oh, she puts a pair of glasses on her face. <laughs> you see that? yes yeah and you have those oh glasses. my goodness yes <laughs> yeah she's talking about glasses here oh and, my um, god she's silly yeah but she kind of likes them you know she, does. <laughs> she loves her glasses she feels very smart with them boxes of glasses for her yeah <laughs> she loves them she loves her glasses and oh. um do you see that when she's laid to rest she actually does have glasses with her do you see that yes Oh my god, that is amazing. You know, the spiritual construct of, of that idea, so to speak. <laughs> she just gives me this big, big smile. And, oh. you know, she's continuous. She, she is not going to be stuck at the age that she passes in any capacity. She will grow and expand. And the spirit is ageless. 
right? So it doesn't wow. have an age when she goes across. And the reason she shows me herself as a young child is simply because that's how we recognize her. Do you know? Yes. So she doesn't want you to worry or feel that you would, that she would somehow not, not be growing. Yep. Because she, she absolutely, absolutely is. Good. Um, um, hmm. Do you see there's a chance that your family would go and live in another country in the future? Yes. She talks about you moving to another country. Yes. Is that already in the plans? It's, it was supposed to happen in September, but it's on a delay now. Oh, I think you'll go. She just wants <laughs> you to know that when you go and move to that other country, she is going to come with you. <sighs> that she is not rooted to a spot or a place and that you don't have to be afraid to move in the fear of leaving her behind. She is yep. coming right along. Now, your mother is living in the world. Do you see that? Yes. She wants to say hi to her as well. <laughs> and um, that feels also important. You know, yeah. loves her grandma. Loves, loves her grandma. Loves her. And to have a really special connection. And I know that she can't miss the opportunity, you know, yeah, to just her. reach out to to her grandma as well. And I know we recognize grandma here in the world, but her dad is here too, you see? Yep. And so she needs to reach out to him as well. And it feels like that has been a difficult relationship for you at the moment. Um, Very tumultuous, do you see? Yes, yes. So she wants you to know that she wants to help both of you because it does feel like since her passing, that marriage, that relationship just feels really, really difficult to continue. Yeah. And so she just wants you to know that that's okay. And she'll come to visit both of you, even if you're in separate places. Oh, wow. Wow. Do you see that you have a necklace with also with a name on it, with initials on it? Yes. And that's a that's an A. Do you see that? And the initial A. Yep. She knows that you carry her with you in that way every day, all the time. Yep. All the time. And she is never going to stray. She's always going to be you're always gonna be her mother. So she she really wants you to know that as well. But what feels almost most important for you to know is that you're allowed to be happy. <laughs> You know, she just wants you to know that it's okay to be happy. And I have to say, she is the most affectionate little girl. I think she is so physical in her affection in life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so is is never going to stray far. She's going to go and do her own interests and desires and still stay connected no matter no matter what. What a love book. She is <laughs> so sweet. And Isn't so lovely. She? Absolutely. What a sweetheart. She's very lovely. Yeah, I agree. All right. Do you want to ask her some questions? I just want to know 
Would she get upset if I tried to have another baby? Oh no, I think she'd be excited. Feels like another playmate. Another child to stay connected with as she does with the other the other three that are already in the world. Should I? I think it's completely up to you, is what I'm seeing. Are you are you 38 yet? Are you I 38 just right? turned 38, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, at 38, uh, you can have a child again, if you'd like, but that is the year that you make that choice is what I'm seeing. Oh, it doesn't mean that you are pregnant this year. It just means that you decide at 38. She's happy to encourage that child to come in. Happy to see that unfold for you. It feels entirely up to you. Did she have fun when she was in the hospital? Let's see. Did we make that room fun for her? My initial feeling is yes, there's a lot of color in it. It feels like there's a lot of stuffed animals. It feels like there's just so much, so many things to play with. I do feel like at one point she must have had to stay in that room or wasn't allowed to really leave it. Do you see? Yeah, for a long time. And it feels like there's a lot to do on the inside. And it feels like even though she wasn't allowed to leave it, it feels that, you know, with the proper, I think, uh, practices, people were able to join her in that space. And that felt really lovely as well. And it feels like she doesn't spend a single night alone. Yep, that's true. And she's deeply grateful for that. And you ask her if her dad's going to be okay? Well, she loves him very, very <laughs> much. Very, yes, very much. Yes, she does. And she wants him to know that she's okay, you know. He carries some heavy guilt around the last moment of her passing Yep. of maybe not getting to be there in the way that he wanted to be. Do you see that? Yes, I do. And she just wants to say that that's okay. She went to go visit him immediately afterwards. Oh, and if he could just let that go, you know, she so wants him to let that go. It's okay. Okay. He goes in a lot of airplanes back and forth. Yes, he does. She, she loves going with him. Oh, but there's so much love that she has for him. And I don't know how he'll move through his grief. I think it will certainly be a process, but she's definitely not leaving his side. If you were to have that other child, do you see it probably? Yeah. um, The relationship looks difficult right now, but it's not, it's not completely over. Do you, do you see that? Yes. Yeah. Like you want to work on it, you see? Definitely. Definitely. She wants you to work on it, you know? It's going to be yes. okay. It, there's there's real hope here for that. It may just be that you spend a little bit of time apart. Yep. Um, which I think is probably happening or is... is it is happening, yes. Yeah. But you, there's no reason that you can't grow back together is what I'm seeing. Oh, good. Is Anthony going to be okay? And that's your son, yeah? Yes. Yeah. There's deep love for her brother. Yeah. 
deep, deep, deep love. I want to also acknowledge that he is not sick and won't be sick. That feels important. That is very important. Because that's a worry that you would have because hers comes along quite out of the blue as well. Do you see? Yeah. But she's wanting to say to you he's going to be just fine. Yeah, he's a very cute kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, she likes hanging out with him. Does he have, a like, a little bit of a dimple in one cheek? Yes. She's going to be around him as well. You know, he's he's her brother forever. Yeah, he needs that. Absolutely. Did you ever have a pet rabbit growing up? No. Pet bunny? No. Someone had a pet. She's with a pet bunny on the other side. Okay. Do you, do you know who had the pet bunny? Yes. <laughs> okay. Because she's got the pet bunny. Wow. My friend, my friend, they just lost their rabbit. Oh, yeah. She's like, I've got, I've got the bunny. I've got. Carl. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. She was happy for the, you know, the rabbit to come over. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions for her? You know, she's, I know you've, you've probably seen this already, but she is around you all the time. She sends you a million signs. I keep seeing flickering lights with you. Yes. And I think that happens very regularly. Yes. And she is acknowledging that you're a little frustrated around not getting to see her in the dream space. Yes. And she will ultimately be able to do that for you. But sometimes your own energetic body is a little overwhelmed still in emotion, you know, and it can be really hard for the rational mind, the conscious mind to actually dive into that deeper space to allow for it. Um, But she does spend every night checking in on you just because she doesn't come into the dream state doesn't mean that she's not there. Because uh, it feels like you've been frustrated that other people have dreams with her. Yes. You know, but you don't. And that's annoying. Yes. Yes. She knows that. She's been trying. She's been trying. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's happened yet, but one of your best friends in the world in your lifetime will be someone who's also lost a daughter. Oh. And um, she's already met this daughter on the other side. I don't think you've met this friend yet. Okay. But that will be a very transformative relationship for you. And uh, they're working on it to bring you someone who's had a similar experience and understands your grief and also feels very much like a soul sister in a very deep way. Oh, wow. I think her daughter will be a little older than yours or a few years older, but, but the two girls have already met. Wow. Like, have they met in the real world or just the no spirit and world? the spirit side okay do you see the birthday at the very end of march like march 28th yes is is that the right date march 28th i have a yeah yeah she just wants to wish that person a happy birthday oh okay okay who who was that march 28th 
My sister? Yeah, yeah. She just wants to say happy birthday to her. Oh, she would love to hear that. And this is also her way of saying she's around for all the important dates, you know? All the important dates. Every time family comes together, she's she's right there. Do you have any other questions for her? Is it the right thing to move to Bali? It feels amazing. It feels really lovely. Okay. It feels like a reset. She's really excited. I don't think you'll stay forever. You know? But yeah. but it feels like a moment to really allow the nervous system to just have a break. Okay. Yeah. And she's coming with you. So don't worry about that. Good. Okay. Is there is there anything else that I can do for you? No, that was amazing. Just let them know that I love them so much. Oh, you just did. You don't need me for that. (laughs) She knows that. But I know that there is immense love for you as well. (laughs) And like I said, she is so lovely. And thank you so much for letting me connect with her. It's a real honor. Thank you for appreciate everything. You're so welcome. Karina's reading was incredibly emotional. It is always such a privilege to connect a child to their parent. I really hope that Karina felt the love that her little girl has for her and feels like her little girl is around her all the time. Karina, it's Elizabeth. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, full of emotions. Feel good. There were some tough things that I wanted to know that I've tried and she acknowledged it. I can tell that the emo- the reading was really emotional for you and I'm so glad that your daughter came through for you. Oh, absolutely. With my dad, that was nice to know that he was there. Oh, that is so nice. Can you tell me a little bit about um, your experience with the reading and maybe something that surprised you the most? Um, well, when she said that she had glasses on, <laughs> because when we're at the hospital, we had tons of different glasses that she would wear and dress up and laugh and we'd all wear them and it's something that nobody would know. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It actually helped me. I, I had this really deep guilt that I didn't try enough. Yeah. So for her to acknowledge that was really nice. That's sounds like a, such a nice affirmation for you. Absolutely. And I know we had discussed a little bit Um, what it would be like for the spirit of a two-year-old to be able to communicate with you. (laughs) Well, she did a fabulous job. (laughs) And she's always here with us. I know that. Yeah. It just needed that little bit more. Right. Well, because you have had experiences with Alice and you have things that you thought were signs. And she acknowledged them. (laughs) Yeah, she did. That's really special. Oh. It's wonderful, and and it, it makes me feel good that she knows that I'm listening. She's listening every time I talk to her. 
Wow. That was an amazing, amazing experience. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I think um, it's definitely going to help me. It's helped definitely the thought that she knew that I did try my hardest and there was nothing I could have done more that would have prevented her from dying. So that's that was a really big thing for me. I had no expectations and I think that this was an, an amazing experience. Yeah. And I will recommend this to other people in my situation. 100%. Uh-huh. Well, we definitely appreciate you sharing your story and hope that your session with Claire and your mediumship session with Fleur really help you move beyond the grief of losing your daughter. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's definitely going to help me. Thank you so much. Of course. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening to Moving Beyond. If you haven't yet left us a rating or a review, we would greatly appreciate it as it helps new listeners find the show. Moving Beyond is an independent podcast produced by Fleur Lesink and Elizabeth Mihalich, edited by Darwin Carlyle. Original music composed and produced by Lucas Tuttle. Our hosts are Claire Bidwell-Smith and Medium Fleur. You can learn more about Claire at her website, www.clairebidwellsmith.com C-L-A-I-R-E-B-I-D-W-E-L-L-S-M-I-T-H and more about Fleur at www.mediumfleur.com M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R If you're interested in being on a future episode of Moving Beyond, please send Elizabeth an email at podcasts at mediumfleur.com P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R.com know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.